Hi, I'm John. And I'm Julie. We're the hosts of the Hartford Fund's Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Every other week, we're talking with inspiring thought leaders to hear their best ideas for how you can transform your relationships with your clients. Let's go. Hey, Julie, today we're going to be talking about longevity. And I don't know, did you read the article this week about one of our favorite Americans, Julia Hurricane Hawkins? I did indeed. She is unbelievable. So for those who may not have heard about Julia Hurricane Hawkins, uh, we often talk about her in relation to longevity because uh, up until this time at 103 years old, she was the world record holder in the 50 meter dash. But this week, she became the first person over age 100 at 105 years old to run a 100 meter race. I think she finished in just over or just under a minute and, and three seconds. It's pretty staggering when you think about it. It is. I don't even think I could do that today. And I'm a few years younger than 105. <laughs> For sure. So, you know, Julie, when we think about people living longer, it's not only living longer, it's about living better. And that's why we're really excited to have back on the podcast today, a, a guest that's probably familiar to many in the financial services community. Dr. Joe Coughlin is the director of the MIT Age Lab. His research examines how the disruptive demographics of an aging society, social trends, and technology will shape future innovations in business and government. Dr. Coughlin teaches in MIT's Department of Urban Studies and Planning, as well as the Sloan School of Management Advanced Management Program. Joe advises a wide variety of global firms in financial services, healthcare, leisure and travel, luxury goods, real estate, retail technology, and transportation, and that's just in his spare time. He's also a senior contributor to Forbes magazine, and he writes regularly for Market Watch and the Wall Street Journal. Joe, welcome to our podcast today. Hey, John, Julie, great to be here. Uh, I got to somehow shorten that bio. There's a fine line between a bio and a eulogy. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, Joe, when we think about retirement, and I mean this both as individuals, but also specifically as financial advisors, what do you think is the problem in the, the way that most people think about retirement today? You know, generally speaking, retirement has been framed by, as I like to be calling it, uh, brochure thinking. Uh, we've created a whole story of retirement, as I write in my book, The Longevity Economy, about it being a short period of life, uh, some travel with the, the uh, grandkids, uh, maybe a, a cruise ship, a bout of norovirus, and lots and lots of golf, apparently. The new innovative way people have been talking about it is not much better. We're all going to be riding bicycles on river walks in small towns, riding by people to all drinking white wine. So maybe some of this isn't so much incorrect or maybe not even uh, that terrible, but retirement's a lot more complicated than that and a lot longer than people think. So Dr. Joe, this, this topic is near and dear to my heart. I have a great grandmother and a great aunt that lived to 104 and 105 respectively. So there, there's a lot of bike riding apparently in my future, except I don't really ride a bike very well. So I'm curious, you know, as, as financial professionals and their clients plan for retirement, what kinds of issues does this longevity create? 
you know, if you, you think about it, because it is a much longer life. And by the way, at the end of life, there's far less structure. And the very thing that we look for in retirement is now the time is mine. That's the good news. It's also the challenge. You know, that eight to five or that nine to five that we used to curse that was work it added structure. The kids that annoyed you for not doing their homework at night that you had to take time to help them with, it added structure. So probably one of the big things, especially you with great genes, centenarian genes, if you will, we now have to figure out how are we going to structure our days so that we're engaged, we have purpose. Frankly, very simply said, we have a reason to get up in the morning. <laughs> I, I spoke in the last couple of months to one of uh, my work colleagues who retired uh, probably about two years ago, just before, you know, COVID set in. And uh, and when I was talking to him, I asked him what the biggest difference was or was anything different, I should say, than what he expected. And this is a guy who, you know, he had the RV set up. They were going to travel all over the country and, and they did some of that. But he said to me, John, the biggest difference. And he said, and we talked about it all the time. We spoke to advisors and clients, but the biggest difference is how much time I have on my hands. It's exactly what you said, that routine, what will fill all those days. And, and just, just think, you know, on a, on a calendar basis, there's 52 weeks, 365 days and change to the year. Let's say you do travel and let's say you really love to travel and you want to see lots of things. Two months of travel, even if you can afford it, even if you have that much stamina, what are you going to do the other 10 months? And maybe you think grandchildren will fill that. But as grandchildren get older, they get busy. They've got their own soccer practice. They've got SAT prep. They've got things to do, if you will. So all those things that quite often financial advisors hear as my goal in retirement or the things we're going to do in retirement, they're short order. They're brochure level thinking and not thinking about what we do every day. That makes so much sense, Joe. And I know today we're talking about 8,000 days and I don't have my calculator in front of me. Will you share with us what that means and, and how that framework can be helpful as we think about our longevity and planning for the ultimate retirement? Well, you know, numbers are very indicative. They can't tell us everything, but they do frame the story of retirement, I think, fairly well. So let's be generous with the math. It's, shall we say, close enough for government work. From zero to about 21 years old, and for those that may be listening, if it makes it easier for you, uh, legal drinking age, but from birth to 21 years old, it's about 8,000 days, give or take. And from 21 years old, to about midlife crisis, many would say that's 46, 47, whatever that might be, is about 8,000 days. Now, I bet the quant jocks and the closet actuaries and maybe even a few engineers are now starting to see an algorithm. And from that midlife crisis to that law of Newtonian physics of retirement, 65 years old, is about 8,000 days. But here's what most people don't think about. More than half of us will live past 85 and change. In fact, for financial advisors, the greatest correlation to living longer is education and money. So anyone who's using average books and social security actuarial tables, you're not actually being very accurate. But here's the thing, from retirement age of roughly 65 to 85 and change, an entirely new 
8,000 days. And here's the point. From zero to 21, let's call that youth. And frankly, I've got two daughters. I love them dearly, but frankly, no return on investment at that period at all. So let's just kind of push that off to the side. One of the things people need to start thinking about is that period that we currently call retirement is not just a long bike ride and a few short cruises. It is fully one third of adult life. Think of all the things that happen in those other thirds, the changes, the structure, the experiences, the needs, the demands. Why do we think that retirement is going to be any less complicated or any more easy? Well, Joe, and I've heard you say, and I think this is right, if you think about those first three segments, we kind of have mentors and teachers to kind of guide us along the way. But when it comes to retirement, who do you recommend we look towards? Well, you know, it's very interesting. You're right, John, because as much as we all like to think we're very individual and, you know, we, we've, we've done this on our own, we came up with our stories. You know, in young age, we got our teachers, we got our parents, we have our peers. We get to young adulthood, that, that should we say, that, that second 8,000-day uh, period. You know, heck, you've got everything from, from your bosses, college counselors. And as I like to joke, you know, remember a number of years ago, a series of books that came out, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Well, do you know there's actually now a book that has been added to that? That's What to Expect Before You're Expecting. I thought humans had that one pretty down, but apparently now we have a guidebook for that. The bottom line is that we have guidance all the way through. And, and frankly, the millennials and the younger Gen Xers, these are the, the how-to generation. They want to do the do-it-yourself, but they need a book for that. So as we think about that last 8,000-day period, that period we call retirement, there really are no mentors or metaphors to follow. The generation that's retiring today, I call them generation uncertain. They, they Generation you, they are actually looking for advice. They're looking for models. And quite often we look to what our parents did and then we add a little bit of time. Uh, we, we, we might look to others that are peers. Uh, we look to advertisements and the like, but those are all short supply. This is the greatest opportunity for financial advisors to help people anticipate and navigate one third of adult life. Dr. Joe, I recently heard someone say that they knew that they would be ready to retire when their mindset had changed from I'm retiring from something to I'm retiring to something. And I just I loved the way that that the simplicity of that. I'm curious, how have you seen advisors and their clients respond and, and work with this 8000 days concept and framework, or in my case, 16000 days, but we'll leave that to another discussion. So one of the things that we see them doing is kind of what you were talking about, retiring from something to something. I think one of the words we should start to adopt more often is transitions. That, you know, I may be leaving one career or transitioning one career or even transitioning from one job. The ones who seem to have done the best are they start preparing before they make that jump that they start thinking about what they want to do and they start laying the groundwork. So even if they don't want to continue working for pay in retirement, they start getting involved in volunteer activities as they start to transition off of where they're going to be retiring from so that there is a smooth uh, move into the next thing. You know, we, we work for a variety of reasons and work is not just about money. It's for meaning. It's for social connection. You spend more time with your, you know, your, your colleagues at work or on Zoom or whatever it might be than you do your own family if you do the math. 
And so those who do well start to think about that well ahead. So Joe, what's the typical reaction uh, when you provide this kind of framework to either clients, but probably even more importantly, financial advisors? How do you how do you see them respond to this concept of eight thousand days? So quite often, when clients hear about the eight thousand days, it's hard to deny the math. They realize after it's discussed with them that it is one third of their adult life, and so their eyes get wide because they realize. It is a lot of time. And so as a result, we start thinking about, wow, what do I need to do? And financial advisors, they find it to be a great tool because it really does push their clients to go further and deeper than simply, what are your goals in retirement? And quite often those are very superficial at best. But then all of a sudden financial advisors realize something else. Now that you've asked the question, you better have a full quiver of other questions or possible answers to help that client think through. And this is the new business of longevity planning, not just simply financial planning alone. Dr. Joe, I love this framework. And you mentioned the, the word structure earlier. And I think, you know, so, for so many individuals, retirement feels so unstructured. And I'm curious for financial advisors that are interested in, in really changing the way that they interact with their clients around the theme and topic of retirement, and maybe even interested in, in changing their word to transition as opposed to retire. How have you seen advisors implement this in their conversations, in their practices, in the, in the interactions that they're having with their clients? Because I think so much feedback that I receive from financial professionals is they love concepts, but then it's the, what do I do with it? And so I would love to hear from you what you're seeing in the industry in terms of the actual implementation and execution of this 8,000 days framework. It's interesting, the, the mathematics of money is pretty structured. We've got software for that. We've got structured portfolios, model portfolios for that. But for the better advisors, they already know the answer. For the newer advisors and those that are developing the notion of longevity planning, they're using the oldest tool that we have as humans, the story. And they're actually trying to engage more with the client to tell them stories about their own life, if they are of similar age or the lives of other clients, to start to get their client to start thinking about more broadly what they're going to be doing. The business value of this is you demonstrate as an advisor that you want to know, that you care, that you are being empathetic with how this person is thinking and where they are going. And by the way, your true value that goes to transitioning prospects into clients and retaining clients overall is that you are helping them think about things they had never thought about or anticipated and you have saved them from the surprise that they may have had, that their house is no longer going to be able to support them as they age, or that caregiving is going to always be part of our lives as we age. How do we plan for that? But here's the thing. Those are all inherently financial, too. So financial advisors have an incredible license to get into every nook and cranny of our lives by opening up our eyes to what we're thinking and telling people just how long it's going to be. So, Joe, how do financial advisors then deal with a client who has basically inherited that traditional view of retirement? You know, the one that lasts five to seven years and we try and fit as much leisure in as we can. So they're envisioning beach and golf time and shopping and traveling and all that. But it, but 
it's really not aligned with your 8,000 day model, is it? No, and, and 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 as some of you know, in my book, The Longevity Economy, I interviewed uh, uh, about 60 retired CEOs. The highest concentration of CEOs in the United States are in Napa, Florida. I'm sorry, in Naples, Florida. And um, very interesting is that what we found, even with people who had money, Maseratis, and a membership at a golf club, the bottom line is they weren't that happy after a longer period of time. I did a, a bean count on the average number of golf rounds that some of these guys were playing. And I wrote this up in a Forbes article a number of years ago. Do you know that the average person who thinks that golf is going to be their ultimate destination of retirement, uh, and we'll add a few beach walks too, is 3,000 rounds of golf? Even on my best day, that would be purgatory, but on most days, that would be hell for me. Joe, that makes so much sense. And and I'm with you. My golf swing's a little rusty as well. But I think for those advisors that that are really looking to move beyond the money, the Maserati and the membership framework, where would you suggest that they go to dig a little bit deeper into this concept, learn more, soak up more of you and your team's research? Well, certainly, you know, we've worked with Hartford Funds for a number of years. You have all done an amazing job at translating our research into practical advice and practical strategy. There's certainly the Age Lab website. But I think the other thing is dig deep into yourself. Look at your own clients. Every one of them is a wealth of story and experience. Part of your new value is not simply financial security, but it is the combined wealth of other people's experiences that allow you not to argue with a client, but to ask profound questions that get them thinking so they can not just plan for retirement, but be prepared for living longer and better. And Joe, I know it, at the MIT Age Lab, you've assembled something called the Plan Network. Um, just a quick word on what that is, because maybe that's a, a source of information for advisors as well. Absolutely. I would love everyone to join. It's free. We only pulse you once in a while with a survey, but give you lots of information and invite you to webinars. It is the Preparing for Longevity Advisory Network. And if you go to the Age Lab website, agelab.mit.edu backslash plan, sign up and join, and you'll have lots of new content that you can use as you chart the future of longevity. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Joe, for sharing uh, your insight on the 8,000 days concept and actionable ideas for financial advisors and their clients to really think about retiring from something to something and ultimately making that transition. And for all of you with us today to help your clients visualize and prepare for their own 8,000 day or more retirement, visit hartfordfunds.com days. Thanks again, Dr. Joe. It was a delight to speak with you today. Thanks, Julie. John, great to be here. Thanks for listening to the Hartford Funds Human-Centric Investing Podcast. If you'd like to tune in for more episodes, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. And if you'd like to be a guest and share your best ideas for transforming client relationships, email us at guestbooking at hartfordfunds.com. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.